iHeart Communities. Thank you so much for listening to our program. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media. You can like my Renee Danino page on Facebook and look for community access, too. Now, we are located in our capital city, and even though the show is edge to edge, we are based. Our home office is in Hartford, and we're lucky enough to have a fun roommate, Connecticut Children's. And on the line with us right now is President and CEO Jim Schmerling. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Renee. Thanks for having me. And I should say, some of your administrative offices and other, uh, you know, departments are here, not the actual hospital. That has not moved. <laughs> That's right. We we have 500 people and 100,000 square feet in an office building, but all the people who take care of kids are at the hospital. These are corporate offices. Absolutely. And I, I always, uh, I think I steal your parking spot every once in a while, so I do apologize. <laughs> I promise to stop doing that. <laughs> right now, there are a lot of spaces, so you can help yourself. Uh, exactly right. So, uh, listen, first and foremost, thank you to you, uh, Dr. Schmerling, and to, to your staff, your team, everybody, because your jobs haven't stopped through COVID-19. Children are still obviously getting sick or have reasons to go and, and visit their doctors. There are children with underlying conditions that m- need to continue their treatment. So, I just wanted to say Thank you, you know, to your and your, you and your team for for being on those front lines as well. Well, thank you. It's it's a, a, a passion of taking care of children and families, and we're we're blessed to have some wonderful people who love children. You know, before we get into some things that I definitely want to talk to you about, I have to get what's on the the forefront of every parent's mind. You know, we've been hearing of children with this inflammatory disease and maybe mirroring Kawasaki disease, I think, if I'm saying that right. And they're testing positive for COVID. We do have cases confirmed in our state, uh, even at Connecticut Children's. But we're hearing the numbers are a little higher outside of Connecticut. How concerned should parents be? of this becoming more widespread? Well, I think parents should be aware of it and know what the symptoms are, but don't panic. It's very rare. Um, There's still a lot to learn about this. Uh, Most of the children who've who've had this inflammatory syndrome at one point have tested positive, and it's several weeks later that they they start showing these symptoms. But there have been children who've tested negative who also have this, so we're still learning a lot. The good news is it's very rare. And, And what are some of the symptoms well, it's uh, conjunctivitis, you get red, red eyes. Um, it has a, a whole host of different symptoms. It can affect the heart, um, fever, uh, rash. Rashes and fever may not be that uncommon in children, but if you, there's any doubt, call the pediatrician. That's the best bet. And are you seeing this with most kids that do have underlying conditions? No, we've, we've, uh, we've only admitted 11 children throughout this uh, who've had uh, COVID, who've needed to be hospitalized, and only three who've who've tested um, with this inflammatory disease. So it's very, very rare. I think what we're seeing is because there's so many people being tested and and we're seeing COVID that it's appearing in a a greater number than we're used to, but COVID is, I think, part of the reason. But again, there's so much we have to to learn about this, and the the, uh, Northeast has had more of these cases than has been reported out at West, and so you know, we have to understand why why those differences and and how how's that happening. And some of the the testing for COVID may not be as um, accurate. Um, we know that some of the tests have as much as a ten or twelve percent error rate when they test negative. So we don't know if those children who tested negative who have this maybe they did have COVID and the test was incorrect. So a lot to learn. That the key is don't panic if your child uh, looks ill or is, is lethargic. 
call your pediatrician and they'll they'll be able to give you the best advice. Absolutely. And and having said that, as we said at the top of our interview here, you are still seeing children every day. I mean, things things happen, right? <laughs> I know when I was a kid, I, I was quite a visitor <laughs> to, <laughs> to the ER. You know, I kept my mom on her toes, that's for sure. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about the procedures that are in place to kind of ease a parent's mind when they're coming to see you. Because obviously, you know, I think there is a little bit of fear right now when you have to go to the doctor now or to an ER because you have so many other layers of concern now. That's true. I just remind everyone that uh, Connecticut Children's is open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So we've not stopped providing service. And we know that there's been a lot of you know, cautions that, you know, stay inside, um, don't go out, keep social distancing. And, and that's been good advice. But if a child is sick, you don't want to uh, avoid seeing a doctor or coming to the hospital. And um, I think right now the greatest risk for children is uh, we're not getting as many children vaccinated um, with their immunizations as we should be. And so an even greater threat right now than COVID is a child who misses their, their uh, immunization um, and, and it could be at risk for because they have a risk of outbreaks of measles or whooping cough, and those are much more dangerous right now than COVID is. And so uh, you know, some of the pediatricians' practices, because they haven't had PPE, um, their patient volumes have gone down, so their offices might be partially closed, but they're all providing uh, vaccines for children. But sometimes parents are afraid to go out and have been reluctant, and so the, the immunization rate in the state has gone down. Um, so I think that's the greatest threat right now, and uh, people need to uh, get their children vaccinated and keep them safe. If they need the hospital, we've seen a number of children who have chronic illnesses, and you know parents want to try and keep the kids at home as long as they can, and we're starting to see things and the emergency department now being admitted that uh, had they come a little bit sooner, we might have been able to, to prevent some of the severity of the illness. So uh, just know that we're taking every precaution possible to provide a very safe environment for the child and for the family and for our staff. We are using, we have plenty of supplies of, of, of the personal protective equipment, the PPE. Um, we have social distancing guidelines and uh, we're doing mandatory temperature screenings for all patients and our, our staff. All of us are wearing masks. Hopefully that won't scare a child. They're probably getting used to it now. But um, all kinds of precautions. We're, we're using stricter disinfecting protocols. We have uh, very special low-risk zones in the emergency department so that we can segregate uh, children from those who might be exposed to COVID. And we are, we're offering uh, video visits. We're doing between 600 and 700 video visits so a child can be seen at home by the physician through video. And so there are all kinds of options for kids to continue to be um, seen by our, our, our physicians and nursing staff. Um, but we're very proud to keep kids safe and sound, whether they're at home or they're here at the hospital. Uh, we want to assure parents that um, it's, it's safe uh, to come into the environment if, if they need to. But we're here for them if, if there's a need. We're chatting with President and CEO of Connecticut Children's, Dr. Jim Schmierling, and I, I do appreciate your time today, and I do appreciate everything that you have to take into consideration with, with you know, our sort of new way uh, we're doing things right now in these COVID-19 times. But, you know, I do want to ask you something, and I want you to be the first person to tell me if I'm being dramatic or if I'm causing a stir where I don't need to, because one thing I'm trying to do on the show, and I'm really, you know, you actually put me at ease a little bit when you said, you know, how rare this is. I mean, obviously, I don't want any child no. at all to get sick. I mean, obviously, nobody right. does. Right. I, I just want to make sure I say that. But but when you were talking about vaccinations and things like that, could we possibly see an increase of, you know, whooping cough or 
I know you mentioned measles, chickenpox, things like that. Like, could we see a resurgence of things that are have been long gone, forgotten about because people are not vaccinating their children? And I know that's a whole other argument that I don't want to get into. Um, I, I am not prepared to. I don't I, I, I'm not you know, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical person. I'm, I'm asking you just the question. You know, you know, I have my vaccinations. Everybody I know and their kids, they have their. But, but for people right now who aren't getting them, who normally would. Right. Maybe they're, they're, they're the stereotypical people that would normally get the vaccinations. Could they be in, sort of somehow endangering not only their children, but even themselves to diseases that we didn't have to worry about before? Or is that, am I being too much here? Or? No, and I think politics aside, from just a clinical perspective, we know that vaccines work and uh, there are diseases that can be extremely uh, critical for children, even fatal, if they don't get those vaccines. And so we would strongly encourage parents to make sure that they're, um, they're getting their, their children immunized at the appropriate intervals in their doctor's offices. And yes, those children are at risk if they, if they don't get those. And uh, it is a possibility. We hope it's remote and that we're doing everything we can to educate the community to get their children vaccinated. But it is a possibility that they don't. We could have an outbreak of measles or whooping cough or some of these uh, infectious diseases that uh, we, we, we can, we've almost eliminated with vaccines. And here at the hospital, uh, for example, the flu shot every winter, we require every single employee to get a flu shot because we know it works and uh, we want to protect ourselves and our, our patients. Well, then, how about a little levity, ladies and gentlemen? I think I'm ready for some of that right now. We'll get back to the serious stuff first. And could you let measles know to hold off until we figure out this COVID-19? I don't know. Thank you very much for that. Um, Let's take a break from the headlines, if you don't mind. How about some basketball? Uh, I understand you had a Boston uh, Celtics player come visit your, your pick you. We did, and you may be able to tell from my voice that I'm from the South. I'm from Tennessee, and so I've been a Memphis Blazers fan, but I am now a Boston Celtics fan. <laughs> because yesterday, uh, Marcus Smart um, bought lunch for every single one of our team that's in the pediatric intensive care unit. Oh. A wonderful gesture, and we are so grateful to get that kind of support. Oh, that is wonderful. And then the last time you and I spoke was your Chucks for Children program, and I love promoting it. I even have a kid on my street that, that did some of that. How is that project going? It's going really well. Um, the, the kids are enjoying it. It gives them a certainly an activity at home, and uh, our staff love it. We, you know, getting that, those kinds of acknowledgments and seeing children with smiles on their faces—it's just heartwarming. It's been Abs- fantastic. Absolutely. And today, the day that we're doing our, our interview today, of course, I was enjoying seeing some of your employees come out into the courtyard, all maintaining social distancing. I do have to, <laughs> and they all had their masks on. But we had uh, that beautiful flyover today by the National Guard, and you know. It's it's funny because sometimes you wonder if things, what kind of meanings they have for them. But right now, I think everybody is appreciating every kind gesture and understanding that we might have taken things a little bit for granted before, right? I think so. And, and the, the staff who are making great sacrifices and, and, and exhibit tremendous courage coming to work every day, um, they're so focused on their jobs that uh, it's nice to take a, a quick moment and, and understand and, and see how much appreciation there is out in the community um, it's, it's been fantastic, and uh, it does. It goes a long way. It's the best medicine we can give our staff of anything we can do. 
Well, I appreciate you, your team, your staff, everything you're doing for our kids here in Connecticut. Uh, we'll have another conversation with you. But as you know, you and I, I, I've interviewed you before. I think I've done events where you've been at, but I never put it together that, you know, you're, you, you were the parking spot that I would steal sometimes. And then, <laughs> you know, the, you know, when I'm doing my little empty garage challenge singing and being a goofball DJ in my garage, I didn't realize that, um, you know, well, it's just nice to know that, you know, you can you, you, you can uh, have a little fun like the rest of them, right? Well, absolutely. We may have to, to organize a flash dance in the garage one day. That's And I'll sing. <laughs> and we'll have a good time. But I, I really absolutely. hope you know how much we do appreciate. And thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with us. You can hear this interview with President and CEO Jim Schmerling of uh, Connecticut Children's at MyCommunityAccess.com. And I'll see you in the garage, sir. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. Bye. Take care.